You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Hour two of the Daily Tip starts right now on the BeckQL Network. We've got a jam-packed hour on deck, starting with some college football game previews. The biggest games of the weekend will tell you our favorite plays. Then at 7.20, it's a Thursday night preview between uh, two rivals. Two bit of a rivals, uh, I should say, because the Titans and the Steelers actually have a bit of a history that maybe I'll tell you about. Maybe I'll tell you about my young memories of watching Lindell White stomp on the terrible towel. And then the Steelers went on to win the Super Bowl that year, and then the Titans lost seven straight games. So maybe a little history lesson along with my favorite plays for Thursday Night Football. Then at 740, we've got our show parlay coming your way at Super long odds if you are interested in getting some huge plus money on the card uh but jenks when we're talking about college football we're going to be going Mm -hmm. over lsu and alabama which every time i hear those two teams i think of the quote-unquote game of the century it was dubbed and this game ended nine to six (laughs) and let me tell you i don't think it was the game of the century do you ever hear monikers like this and think that okay Maybe it's a good game, but we don't need to be calling it the game of the century. Like the other day I was driving and I saw this Italian restaurant in Hendersonville, Tennessee that said internationally known for our Tetrazzini. And I was like, really? Internationally known? An Italian spot in Hendersonville, Tennessee? Do you ever see this and think, okay, I need to walk in there and call this restaurant out? Like, come on, man. Are they trying to be funny? Oh, God. No, I I see this all the time. Like, there's a place here in D.C., and it's called, like, Nation's Best Wings. I'm like, mm, is it? Like, where, according sure to whom? That? You sure about that? You sure about that? <laughs> you sure about that? Uh, I, yeah. And I love when they when they do things like that or they use hyperbole and there's really no basis for it. My favorite thing now, which is, I guess, tangentially related is when when you'll see now, you'll see a review for a new TV show and it'll be like, best TV show I've ever seen. Amazing. Can't stop watching. And it's just random Twitter users. 
and they'll just put up oh, like yeah. They'll just, yeah they'll just search <laughs> for like the tv show's name like oh awesome jane from little rock thinks this is the best show she's ever seen her favorite show before that was i love lucy whatever it's just that <laughs> it means nothing i feel like the internet has killed credentials doesn't it feel like anybody can say anything with no platform, with no education, with no experience? People are like, well, this person said it. I saw it on TikTok. Yeah. It must be true. Like, I don't know what part of school we learned, like, credible sources, but people forgot that. And it just yes. feels like everybody feels like they have a place and saying, I'm an expert on this. I changed yes. a light bulb at my house. Go ahead and put me on HGTV. Oh, I someone I don't. <laughs> someone sent me a TikTok, and because we had been having a discussion about something, and was actually it was actually about the war in the Middle East, which we don't need to have a discussion huh. about that. But but it, it was basically a, a discussion of when you're dealing with something that is so nuanced and has so much to it and history and there's so many conflicting reports, how do you, we're discussing how do you get objective information or how do you learn about something in a way which is unbiased? It's very difficult to do in 2023. And so I was sent a TikTok and I was like, hey, I appreciate the information here, but I can't watch this because right before this guy, and he sets up everything by saying, I'm going to give you an exact, is an eight minute TikTok, by the way, I didn't want to watch this. I'm going to give you a blow by blow of how everything happened to show you where we are now in 2023 using only facts. But if you're a liberal, maybe you're not used to those. And I was like, well, immediately you're telling me, and it's not a political thing, but I'm saying if you're giving me quote unquote facts and then you throw in a shot at someone immediately either side before you give said facts, then clearly you're already coming at me from a certain angle. Do you know what I mean? And also, mm -hmm. why am I going to trust some guy on TikTok in the first place who is not a scholar, who is not a credible reporter? It's just some dude. So it just goes to the it just goes to your overall your overall point that when someone says, oh, this is the best we've ever seen, or this is the game of the century, according to whom you just decided that's the way it is, you know? Yeah, marketing definitely makes a difference. And I think that's the scary part of today's internet is that information can get so widely misconstrued. Yes. And I'll give you a funny example that has nothing to do with anything that's like super heavy. Zion Williamson. I have seen so many memes <laughs> of him being fat and fattened up and only at like his worst angles when i see him like live in a basketball game I'm like man is he has he always been that skinny i don't remember him yeah. being in shape because i have only seen the memes of him eating gumbo and you know the ones that have been altered that it really changes your perspective on things it's crazy i yeah i the only thing i care about now when it comes to zion williamson i don't i don't watch his game anymore the only thing i care about is his baby mama who he's involved with and all that drama that's what i follow when it comes to zion williamson all that stuff that we talked about last year it's kind of crazy and all over the place i need to get back Woo, to focusing on boy. Chelsea. chelsea it's been a long off season we i need to get back to focusing on the actual sport because you know how nba twitter gets well, that's the best part of the NBA is the NBA yes. Twitter and like the, the side drama that's going on, even though I think maybe she's been quiet for a while. We haven't heard from her, her in quite some time. So maybe later in the season, 
All right, so let's get to some of these college football games because people are probably wondering, okay, let's have some bets for this weekend. So let's look at the slate in college football and see if we can find some good plays and some of the best games of the slate. Let's start with number 14, Missouri, at number one, Georgia. Georgia laying 16 here. I believe this line has gone down to maybe 15 and a half in some spots, and it opened at a pretty large number. So we are seeing some money come in on Missouri, a total of 55 and a half, which is – uh, higher than some of the places across the board. I think you can still get a 54 and a half uh, at some shops, but Jenks, do you have an initial lean here? Oh, I don't know. I, I think I, I will not play this game. I would probably, I would probably grab Mizzou and the points here. And I need to do a deeper dive on this one. It's an SEC game, obviously. I mean, Georgia could roll. But I think they're going to miss Brock Bowers in a big way because he's such a crucial part of that offense. And I think when you have a Tigers quarterback in Brady Snow, who's so good at throwing the football, yes, that is a massive challenge against the Georgia defense. But I feel like you could get maybe a backdoor cover here or Snow being good enough at least to keep this within the numbers. So I would follow the money and go Tigers here. I think this one is tough because haven't we seen this story before where you have a decent SEC team coming to Georgia and you think to yourself, okay, Georgia hasn't been as dominant this year, but right. I think this has a good candidacy for square dog of the week. We saw yes. what happened with Georgia against Florida. We saw what happened with Georgia against Kentucky. Both of those underdogs got a lot of money and they were slaughtered. They were... <laughs> Uh, put out of their misery by the University of Georgia. I think the trend that I am looking at here is the over. Both of these teams have been super mm. hot to the over. If you look at Georgia, five straight overs for the Bulldogs. And then if you look at Missouri on the season, six and two to the over. So I think this is a combination of two things. The fact that Georgia is averaging 40 points per game, their offense is chugging right along, even without Brock Bowers. And then you look at their defense, who is not nearly as stingy as we saw last season. Yes, they're still good, but they're not pitching those shutouts that they did last season. They're giving up points, uh, giving up at least 20 points in back-to-back -back games against Vanderbilt and Florida. So even if those points come in garbage time, it still counts. So if you can find that 54 and a half, I think you play the over when it comes to Missouri and Georgia. Next up, let's go to K-State at Texas. Jenks, I know you're going to have a take on this one. Mm -hmm. uh, Texas laying four points at home. We've got a total of 51 and a half. So, Jenks, do you like your Longhorns here? I don't. I think Texas could lose this game outright. This game oh, terrifies no. me. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Texas is super banged mm -hmm. up on defense. That's why they struggled against Oklahoma and Houston. BYU is terrible, so I take nothing from that game. And Texas is starting a backup quarterback in Malik Murphy. They need Quinn Ewers. I don't think Quinn is going to play. I think there is a possibility we could see Arch Manning because it has to be all hands on deck. Texas is squarely in the Big 12 championship race. They're still in the national championship race. They just cannot afford to lose a game. The only thing I would say is that Texas has beaten K-State six straight times, but Kansas State is quietly playing really good football. Oh, Double D, are you trying to pull me out of the door? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I knew it's going to work, man. Hey, come on, man. This game's in Austin. 
This game's in Austin, Texas. You think Texas is going to go down playing on its home field with Malik Murphy, who is an absolute beast. This guy's rock solid. We won't even need Arch because our defense is going to dominate. We're going to win the Big 12. We're going to win the national title. And I'm not even worried about this game. Hmm. There you have it, Jenks. Very decidedly on Texas there. (laughs) What about a total in this one? Because I think if you still believe in the defense and you're not so sure about the offense, even though 49 and a half is like a pretty low total for college, do -hmm. you have a leaning on a total? Yes, I would absolutely bet on the under here because Mm K-State loves to run the ball. That's what they do. Now, they'll rotate their quarterbacks in, but they want to keep the ball on the ground. And I think if you're Texas, that's kind of their formula as well. You don't want Malik Murphy throwing the ball around to win you this game. You want to hand the ball off to C.J. Baxter, specifically Jonathan Brooks, because he's the bell cow in that Texas running game. You want to force Kansas State to stop the run and then hopefully if you're Texas, you get third and shorts and you make things easy on Malik Murphy. That's the way to win this game. So I, I think the under is definitely the play, and that's why the money is coming in on that. Right. Uh, I think that's the play as well because Texas defense had ha- has had some really good flashes of being one of the best defenses in the country. I know you said they're mm-hmm. banged up, but still – especially in a game that means a lot. Like, think about how meaningful this game is to Texas for the rest of the season. I think you're absolutely right. I think you rely on your defense to win you this game, and you try to play a little bit more conservative with your offense and your backup quarterback. All right, so we talked about the game of the century between LSU and Alabama years ago, and I guess I've remembered Mm -hmm. it, so maybe there's something to it. Uh, But these two are squaring off yet again uh, in a battle of two SEC West foes. Number uh, 13 LSU goes down to Tuscaloosa. Uh, The number eight Crimson Tide laying three points at home here. Total of 60 and a half, so a far cry from the 9-6 final score, the game of the century. Jenks, mm-hmm. do you think we see a lot of points in this one? And when you see a short spread here, I think those are the toughest games to handicap. When you have a very short yeah. spread and a very high total, it feels like a pick em. I I agree. I, I, I love Alabama here, though. I, I like that you can get it at three. And listen, Jaden Daniels is awesome. They are LSU and Jaden Daniels, when they are humming on offense, he is a delight to watch. He's about as good as it gets in college football. And I think if LSU were to win this game, we'd be talking more about Daniels winning the Heisman Trophy. It's just that LSU has a couple losses, so we're really not discussing him. But if you look at his statistics compared to the best quarterbacks in college football, he is as good, if not better. The problem here is, if you're handicapping this game, the LSU defense is terrible against the run they're bad at giving up explosive plays again really bad at stopping the run so it could be Jace mcclellan it could be jalen milrow taking off out of the pocket lsu is just going to have to outscore alabama and maybe they can but alabama is good enough to get a couple stops on lsu and that may be all that it takes just because the tigers aren't gonna be able to stop the crimson tide so i love that you can get bama minus three Yeah, I think I'd take a look at the over. If we're talking about bad defenses and a team that's Mm -hmm. been super hot to the over, 10 straight overs for LSU. So I think that is the play here as well. This one opened at 58 and a half. It has since gone up from that. 
I think this one can go well over the total when we're talking about this LSU defense and also in a really explosive offense as well. So I think the trend continues. I think it's 11 straight overs for LSU. Yeah. And then finally, we have a couple other games on the slate. I want to talk about this one just because it's very comical. Iowa Northwestern. The total on this one sits at 31. This one's actually up because this was in the 20s, a historically low total for these two teams. But you know what? I think I'd still consider the under. Oh, I think I might bet the under on principle here. Ryan Ferentz going to be gone after this season in Iowa City. Northwestern can't move the ball. Neither can Iowa. I'm going to call it right now. Iowa wins 17-12. The under hits. Oh, gosh. What a terrible game. Nobody's going to be watching this game, but everybody's going to be keeping up with it. So I think everybody who bets on college football is like, oh my God, did you see that total? And we're all like, yeah, we're still betting the under. Let's do it as a team. All right, up next uh, here on the Daily Tip, we'll talk our favorite plays for Thursday night football. Stick with us. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Off and running on this Thursday edition of the Daily Tip, which means we've got Thursday night football tonight between the Titans and the Steelers. In just a few minutes, we'll give you our favorite plays for that game. But first, Jenks, I kind of mentioned this earlier. But there's a bit of a rivalry between my Tennessee Titans and the Steelers. And I think we've referenced this before, that the Titans and the Steelers actually used to be in the same division. It was the AFC Central. It was back in the 90s. And I think one of my earliest memories was Lindale White stomping on a terrible towel when the Titans played the Steelers. The Steelers went on to win the Super Bowl, and the Titans went on to lose seven straight games. Uh, is there a team, cause let's say, did you follow the commanders a lot when you were growing up or is this a relatively like new thing? Like I'm trying to think, uh, is there a, a parallel between like the commanders? Do they have a rival that like maybe people don't think of? I would say, well, outside of the Cowboys, the Cowboys are certainly, mm-hmm. that's the primary rival. Like it's not even close, but I would say probably outside of that, it's it's just in the in the NFC East. I would say probably the Giants or Eagles, maybe you, that's kind of a toss up, but it's definitely Dallas is a easy number one. I mean, everyone gets up for Dallas week here. Redskins, Commanders fans always say just beat Dallas, beat Dallas. And also, oddly enough, in D.C., there's a lot of Cowboys fans, which is weird. But it's definitely Dallas, and there's a drop down, and then Giants and Eagles are kind of even. Yeah, it almost feels like that's the forgotten rivalry in the NFC East because I think a lot of people think Cowboys and Eagles is like the Mm -hmm. top rivalry. But I also have to be reminded of this fact that Washington – used to be a good franchise like I yes. think a lot of people forget that because I wasn't really following uh the Redskins back then but they used to be a big rival uh with the uh, cow- Cowboys and also you know any team in their division but yeah. it's funny how rivalries change based on if a team is good um so we'll see if there is any inkling of a rivalry game here between the Steelers and the Titans even though I'm pretty sure maybe Will Levis wasn't even born yet. Like, there are a lot of young guys on this team 
they probably don't remember those days when the Titans and the Steelers were beefing all of those years ago. So let's get into the game. Uh, game line here is we have the Steelers two and a half point home favorites. Total a very low 36 and a half points. I think this game starts and ends with Will Levis, the quarterback for the Tennessee mm -hmm. Titans. This game could go in a multitude of different directions because there is a rookie quarterback starting. So I think that affects your handicap from the jump because if you think Will Levis has a great game, there's a chance that this Titans team can win this game outright because if we have, we, the Titans, my team, has a good passing game, it can make mm -hmm. the team so much better because number one, Derrick Henry's way more effective. We saw that last week. Not only did Will Levis throw four touchdown passes, Derrick Henry also had a phenomenal game on the ground. But also, this Titans defense can keep them in so many games where the offense is terrible. So think about this defense if there is okay. even a semblance of offense. But also, I think you got to pump the brakes on Will Levis just a little bit. He has played a total of one almost full game in the NFL, it is extremely difficult for rookies to uh, be successful in a straight line. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a chance that Will Levis could be terrible in this game, which makes me not want to bet a side or even a total because it feels like all of these, these things are very much connected to Will Levis. Yes, I agree. It, it's It's not rare, but normally when you have an entrenched quarterback or someone who is not a backup, a longtime starter, you know what you're going to get. You can use that handicap. But Will Levis, who knows? He could go out and throw three picks tonight. He could go off. He could have a, a very middling game. I, I just don't know. But because of that, I'm going to go Steelers money line. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to play it or not. I just, I just think there is a huge difference between what he did last week at home in Nashville against the Falcons and then going on the road and trying to replicate some semblance of that performance in the steel city in prime time against the Mike Tomlin defense with TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward. I just wonder how he will respond to that sort of pressure and this sort of spotlight in a very difficult environment. So yeah, sure. He could always ball out. I just don't see it in this spot. I think the Steelers are just going to be too good in a grinded-out game. They'll frustrate Will Levis. And also, if you're if you're the Titans, do you really want to rely on Will Levis to win this thing for you? Don't you want to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and try to win that way, Chelsea? No, you don't, because that has not been working. I think this yeah. is the thing for the Titans. You're playing with nothing to lose. They have already mm -hmm. proven that they're not in it to win it this year. Like, I'm surprised they didn't trade away Derrick Henry, but they did trade away some other pieces. I think at this point, you let the guy throw the ball down the field like you did in the first game. Because if they were going to mm -hmm. be conservative with Will Levis, wouldn't they have done this in the first game? Like, you're playing with nothing to lose. This is a Titans team that, you know, they have a pretty low ceiling. So I think at this point, you try to develop Will Levis as much mm -hmm. as you possibly can and it just opens up the offense so much when you can throw the ball down the field but if you do like the under I think the the factor here is he's not always going to complete those downfield passes like we saw four of those in his first game those are not high percentage throws that sometimes cannot be replicated 
So I think that's where, you know, maybe there's some volatility with the total there. It's not that necessarily I think the Titans are going to be conservative with Will Levis. It's just some of those that he so some of those throws that he completed in his first week were not high percentage throws. Do you get what I'm getting at? Yes. No, I know exactly what you're saying. So I and that's going to be if you're facing the Steelers, I think that, that that's the way to beat the Steelers. If you're on the Titans side, I think what you want to do is set up Will Levis where he's not trying to force the ball on a third and long, right? You set him up for a third and short, and that way the Titans have options. Maybe that opens up D-hop down the field. You can take a shot if you need it. But putting a young quarterback in a situation where he's constantly in a third and long is a recipe for disaster. That's when the Steelers will feast. So I think that's – you've got to open up the passing game, but you got to put Will Levis in situations where he can throw the ball and not have to force it on a third and long. Let's look at the matchup and see if we can find some other ways to play this because I feel like I'm pretty torn on a side and a total because, mm-hmm. I, like I said, there's so much volatility when it comes to Will Levis. I think on the Titan side of the ball – you can possibly attack the Steelers secondary. The number one is going to be out Minka Fitzpatrick for this game. And also, they have been pretty terrible against number one receivers. If you listen to some of these number one receivers and their numbers against the Steelers, Nico Collins for the Texans, 168. Devontae Adams, 172. Amari Cooper, uh, 90 yards. Brandon Ayuk, 129 yards. Puka Nakua, 154. And then just last week, we saw the Jaguars have three receivers with 70-plus receiving yards. Granted, they have Trevor Lawrence, who is a huge step up from Will Levis. But when you look at DeAndre Hopkins, his number is 52.5 receiving yards. Mm -hmm. This is a pretty low number for somebody who has hit over 100 receiving yards multiple times this season, and clearly he's going to be the security blanket for Will Levis. He's the guy that made all those electric catches for Will Levis in his debut. So I think if you're going to play a prop on the Titan side, mm-hmm. it has to be DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, I love that. I love that a lot. And actually one of my handicaps, it's the only prop that I like in this game. He's hit the number in three of his last four games. And you mentioned Fitzpatrick being out. This just feels like a low number to me. Doesn't 53 and a half, mm-hmm. just if you're just glancing at this number, you say that it just stands out as I feel like DeAndre Hopkins, even in a low scoring game, could get 60, 70 yards easy. I know that's not a real deep handicap, but sometimes a number jumps off the page to you and 53 and a half seems way low to me. I think the sabotage factor is that he only had four catches last game. But Mm -hmm. the upside is he has been the guy that Will Levis targets down the field. So if he makes even a couple of those catches, he's going to get this because, you know, he's good at explosive plays. DeAndre Hopkins, I know he's been a little dormant and people haven't been talking about him that much. But still, the talent is there for him to make those big explosive plays down the field. Then on the Steelers side of the ball, I was looking at a receiver because I think the Titans secondary is very weak in the middle of the field. Last year, they gave up Mm -hmm. the most passing yards to opposing quarterbacks of any team in the league. And I think it's because of their middle of the field defense. Their red zone defense is actually very good. So which receiver would we be targeting here? I think you look at either Deontay Johnson or George Mm -hmm. Pickens. George Pickens can be a roller coaster ride where either he has 125 receiving yards or like 22, so I feel like there's more volatility in that one. Meanwhile, Deontay Johnson, since coming off the injured list, 
his targets have steadily increased. Last week, he had 14 targets, which was the lion's share of targets when it came to receivers. Mm -hmm. His number, I believe, is set in the 50s as well. Uh, let's see. It is set at 56 and a half. I think I would hit that over as well because it doesn't really matter to me which quarterback is throwing, if it's Kenny Pickett, if it's uh, Mitch Trubitsky. It feels like he is the guy in Pittsburgh who is going to be the most dependable of that receiving core. So I think if there were, was a prop to play on the Steelers' side, I would go with Deontay Johnson. Jenks, is there anything else in this game that you think better should know? Yes. I'll tell you better is what you should know. <laughs> First of all, I'm on a cold streak, so take everything I say with a grain of salt right now. Oh, no. Number two is I like the under in this game. I, let me make a case for the under if I can. Now, right now, BetMGM is set at 36 on a hook, but you can still find it at 37 if you want to shop around a little bit, even though BetMGM is the king of parlays. Here's what I would say. I want to break this down. The Steelers are pretty terrible on offense, and it doesn't really matter who starts a quarterback. I think it's going to be Kenny Pickett, even if it's Mitch, a.k.a. Mitchell Trubisky. I don't think it matters. They average just a little over 16 points per game. That is third worst in the NFL. Titans, not a whole lot better. They average under 19 points per game. 18.9 to be exact. That's 23rd in the NFL. So when I think about how this game might play out, I think about a, a Titans team. I don't think – I disagree with the idea that you want Will Levis throwing this football around. I think you want to hand it off to Derrick Henry. And also that's one way you can attack the Steelers' defense. They're surprisingly – you would think with T.J. Watt and Cameron Hayward, who is back tonight, that they would be better against stopping the run. They're actually not great at stopping the run. So I think the Titans will feed Derrick Henry and then try to put Will Levis in third and short situations. But if you're going to feed Derrick Henry, what does that mean? It means you're going to take time off the clock. Also, the trends here, definitely working to your advantage. The under is 3-1 and one in Pittsburgh's four home games this season. The under is 4-0 and oh during the Titans four games away from Nashville. So I'm going to go under 37. I think it's the right call. I think if you're going to actually play that, you can get a 38 and the under for minus 145. Because I think with totals, yeah. it's important to kind of mentally run through the scores in your head. Like, what do you think mm. the final score of this game is going to be? Because I can totally see 21-17, and you get a push there at least for 38. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, mm, it could definitely be way lower scoring than that. But yeah. I think if you can get a 38 for minus 145 at Good that idea. key number, I think it may be worth it. Well, you just talked me into it because you know me, I'll lay the juice. I got a couple hockey plays. I was going to play under 37. Yeah, I like that even better. Key number there. So I'm not going to say worst case scenario, you get a push. Worst case, you lose your bet. But I think that's a smarter <laughs> way to play it. it <laughs> if you don't mind laying a, a, a little bit more of juice on that bet but i certainly don't and i everything i see just screams under here i guess the over could hit but i based on everything i've looked at i just don't see it here and that's and the money keeps coming in on the under as well certainly that's not the end all be all you don't want to follow the money blindly but i want everything to align like i always say so i'm gonna play that chelsea i like it i think also you have um the potential for at least one of the these offenses to be really bad because isn't that what you want in an under? You need at least one side to like do none of the heavy lifting when it comes to the yeah. total. Look at the Steelers' offense. Man, has it been bad. And also, they have a tough matchup against this Tennessee defense. 
And then on the opposing side, this Titans offense has a lot of volatility linked to it. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of us are expecting Will Levis to throw for four touchdowns again. So I think I would be with you, even though, God, that's such a low total that that makes me so nervous. If this was a regular Sunday game on the normal slate at a normal time, I think I'd be on the over. But primetime unders have really been the play. It's wild to me how maybe it's because it's the short week, especially on Thursday night football. Think of all the terrible games that we have seen on Thursday nights. I think it has to have something to do with the short week and these teams not having as much time to prepare. Oh, Chelsea, I just found I agree with you. You had me looking up numbers and you can get under 38 for minus 130. Let's do it. That's going to be my plan. I'm going to go down in flames tonight. I'm telling everybody right now, I'm going to have a decent card, even though I'm cold. And then I'll come back tomorrow and say, guys, I've lost eight straight. I don't care. But I like the pick. I'm going to try. I'm going to trust my handicapping here and see how that goes. Well, you know, the gambler theory, if you haven't been hitting your picks, it just means you're due. So maybe jinx is due tonight. (laughs) At least that's what we'll be pulling for. All right, we'll be pulling for this as well. Our show parlay, the biggest plus money on the card for the show is coming your way. Show parlay, you won't want to miss it after the break on The Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the daily tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. All right, let's get down to business. Enough of these picks at minus one ten, minus one twenty. It's time for some massive plus money here on the show because scared money don't make money. So in a few minutes, we'll do our show mm-hmm. parlay. Odds roughly 22 to 1 when we all pick uh, a leg of the parlay and try to go 5 and 0 for the weekend. Jenks, I've been laying off parlays as of late. Like, I play our show one, that's about it. I type it in while yeah. you're doing all the like BetQL stuff at the end of the show. Sorry mm-hmm. to um, alert you that maybe <laughs> I'm not paying as close of attention huh. as you would probably like, but. Have you been playing parlays? Because I think when I'm not super confident in my picks, that's when I'm not really playing the parlays. Yeah, I've been playing them a little bit. Now you're making me think about playing one tonight. Little teaser action on this Titans-Steelers game we were just talking about. I don't know. I I haven't been playing them as much as usual. As I always say, I I don't put in a ton of parlays unless I get unless I really like my card. And it's been a while since I felt like, hey, I really like this card. Like yesterday, I went 0-2. I'm 1-4 in the week. Gross. But I, I've liked my handicap where I'm like, hey, I like the handicap here. I think it's the right side. Clearly, I've been wrong. But also, at the same time, it hasn't been, hey, I'm so confident in this pick. I want to, I want to grab a few legs here, put them all together, and make a parlay. So I haven't done it recently, but I also go in fits and starts. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I feel like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm really feeling it. I like these games. Let's parlay these. And then sometimes I'm not really feeling it, so I lay off. It's not something I do regularly. It's just sort of on and off based on how I'm trending. Here's a question. Do you think same-game parlays are easier to put together than, like, 
you know, a parlay of eight different teams with eight different games. Because I think that's the great thing about like same game parlays because you can do so many legs that are kind mm. of correlated that if yeah. you think you can nail the game script, you can nail a same game parlay. That's For why sure. I think I lean more towards same game parlays as opposed to thinking I can pick eight college games in a row and pick the winner in every single one of them. Yes, I agree. If you have a strong feeling about how a game script will go, then I, I think you have a better chance. Of course, if it doesn't go the way that you want, then you lose everything. But also, that will happen if you have multiple legs in different sports or even in the same sport. I think you have a better chance if you say, I think I know exactly how this game is going to go. So let's get into the weeds of this game and put together a parlay. Like, for example... My game script for tonight's game, just as an example, since we were just talking about Thursday night football, is I think we're going to see the Titans feed Derrick Henry. I think they want to take pressure off of Will Levis. You've got two bad offenses. I think the under is going to hit. I also like the Steelers in prime time at home on the money line. Also, I do think that when Will Levis does pass the ball, that he will go to D-hop, and it's a low number. So I, I, I think all those things could hit. Because it all aligns. It's it's something I feel fairly strongly about. Now, I could absolutely be wrong, but all of those things fit together nicely. So why not play it if you have a strong feeling on how you think a game will go, football, basketball, or otherwise? Yeah, I think I'm more into same-game parlays than I am um, you know, multiple-game parlays. But that's why we're doing a little teamwork here. Because we personally don't have to have great reads on five individual games we're each having strong feelings about one game, and then we're putting it all together. So now it's time for the show parlay here at the Daily Tip. So each member of our staff is going to give a play. We're going to combine them up and try to go 5-0 and for the weekend. So, Matt, let's start with you. It looks like you're sticking with your favorite team. Well, yeah, I mean, not only is it my, is it my favorite team, but this man has gone six straight games. It's 125 or more receiving yards, and his number starts with an eight this week. That just doesn't seem right. So I'll take A.J. Brown at 80 and a half receiving yards any week. doesn't matter who the opponent is. Even if Trayvon Diggs was healthy, I would take this number. It does feel like a play where if he's going to go over, he's going to go way over. Mm -hmm. So if you do like it, you know, you could even play some alt lines in there. So Matt's leg, A.J. Brown of the Eagles over 80 and a half receiving yards. Next up, we'll go to David, who usually lives in the college ranks. David, what's your leg for this week's parlay? I am taking Maryland at plus eight and a half versus my guys, the Penn State Nittany Lions. Whoa. Um, it, it's a, it's a matter of a whole bunch of things. It's a look ahead week. They have Michigan next week. Maryland is one of those weird teams that likes to get up for these, these games against Penn state. They always call it a rivalry with Penn state. So they'll be up to play. It's in Maryland and the past two weeks, granted Maryland hasn't played well, but neither has Penn state. Penn state has looked awful the last two weeks the offensive line has digressed so i think they can cover the number at least i'm not going to sit here and say maryland wins but i think they can co cover that number Ooh, i saw bill shaking his head i wonder if he's going to disagree with that pick when we open up the floor bill i'll give you a chance i'll give you a chance but for now let's just do, just do the parlay legs of the show parlay so bill now it's your turn 
What is your play for the parlay? It wasn't a disagreement with um, the pick. It's a disagreement that Maryland and Penn State are rivals. So that's oh. all. Oh. I mean, Mar- no, you're right. You're right, Double D, that Maryland thinks it's a rivalry. Penn State doesn't care about Maryland. That's 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 nonsense. That's the Maryland folks. All right, I debated between three, and I finally landed on Chargers minus three at the Jets on Monday night. I considered the Commanders going on the road to the Patriots because I don't think the Patriots are very good. I considered Notre Dame minus three at Clemson, but I landed on this one. Are the Jets going to win four in a row? I just can't see it. They've won three. I don't uh, think the Jets can win four in a row. That really is the whole play that I just don't think the Jets are good enough. Other than the Kansas City game, the Chargers have been in every single game that they played. So I'm going to go with the Chargers minus three. I think they figured something out this past week in crushing the Bears. Give me the Chargers on Monday night. Also, it does feel like a buy low spot on the Chargers. They've had to face some really good defenses. And I think people are seeing that and kind of buying out on the Chargers, who still have one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, albeit they have one of probably the worst head coaches in the NFL. But they're only like three on the road there. All right, Jenks, who do you have for the show parlay? I will be playing this this weekend. I'm going Ole Miss minus three hosting Texas A&M. I don't know if you've been listening to Lane Kiffin quietly troll Jimbo Fisher during his press conferences this week. It has been a thing of beauty. Someone asked him, what was it? Hey, do you think that Texas A&M will rally around Jimbo because he's on the hot seat? And Lane just quietly says, well, you know, I don't know. He was on the hot seat last year. It didn't really help him out. So I don't think so. Just very quietly, like taking shots at Jimbo, like body, body blows. Body blow, body blow. Also, Texas A&M has lost eight straight true road games. And you've got a head coach who will be more than willing to run up the score on Jimbo if he has the opportunity. Texas A&M, not necessarily in a free fall coming off a win over South Carolina, but this is a team that can be exploited with their linebackers, especially in their secondary. I think this number's too short. Ole Miss minus three. Oh, Jenks always jumping at the opportunity to fade Texas A&M because he hates Texas A&M. All right, next up for me, the final leg of the parlay for the show. I'm going to hit the under 38, which this line is 37 and a half. So I'm buying up a little bit. Under 38 for minus 120 between the Giants and the Raiders. The Giants and the Raiders, need I say more? Have you watched these offenses? They are... Terrible. I was going to say an expletive. I stopped myself because we are on live radio. But if you look at the over-under records for both of these teams, you're looking at a giant squad that over-under record, one in seven. Seven of eight games, they've failed to score more than 20 points. They've been scoring in the teens. Uh, or excuse me, that's the Raiders. But still, the Giants, one and seven to the over-under record. Then you look at the Raiders. They're two and six over-under this year. And like I reference, they have failed to score 20 points. In seven of eight games, it looks like it's going to be Aiden O'Connell who's starting for the Raiders this week. They just fired their head coach. They just fired a bunch of people. It doesn't feel like an easy spot for this offense to find its footing that it has not found all season long. So I'll hit the under 38 between the Giants and the Raiders. Now it's time to stir the pot a little bit and open up the floor to anybody who wants to veto a leg of the parlay. So speak now or forever hold your peace. I'll say this, and and this is just me being me. I I worry about the Raiders one. 
because Josh McDaniels is gone now. Are the handcuffs going to come off this quarterback because he's a, you're going to run the play that I, I, I tell you to play and nothing else. So now does Devontae Adams do what D-Hop did at Tennessee, go to that rookie quarterback and go, throw me the damn ball. I will be open. And it opens up this off this Raiders offense that has a lot of talent on it. It is a little bit of a worry for me. I'm not saying you're wrong at all, Chelsea, but I would be worried about that. I see it. It's a low total. Like I can get what you are saying, but also just because you are throwing somebody the ball doesn't mean the pass is going to be on target. You know, like you can try to get the ball to Devontae Adams. And I feel like they did that in a couple tries last game. It just, the passes were so bad. Now you're right about Josh McDaniel being out of the mix here. I think that's absolutely better for the offense. He wasn't doing anybody any favors, uh, but still, I think at least one of these sides can go ice cold because it doesn't even matter that both of these defenses are bad. We've seen these teams even struggle against bad defenses. So I think at the end of the day, I'm going to stick with it. Is there anything else that people would be concerned about? How bad are the Giants that the Raiders fired their coach, their GM, and are starting to rookie quarterback, and the Giants are still underdogs in this game? They stink. <laughs> it's terrible. Okay, so I have to open it up. Do I put this in a teaser? Because do you because see you the see- Raiders winning by seven and a half points? Like, I feel like this Oof. is a good teaser leg. You put the Giants in a teaser? Getting seven and a half at the Raiders? I played the total on the cheesy personally, so I wouldn't talk you off that. Yeah, I don't have any faith in the Raiders right now, but somehow they are still favorites. Uh, If you want to play that, it is 22 to 1. When we get back from the break, it's the top of the hour, and mid-major Matt joins us with his favorite plays of the weekend. Stick with us. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.